Hey, St. Mary's, it's Father Will here. As you can probably tell by my voice, I uh, have a little, I'm a little under the weather. Uh, I'm getting better, um, and uh, I really appreciate all your prayers. I just wanted to share with y'all, um, I had kind of made uh, most of my homily already by the time I got sick, and so uh, I kind of finished that out for this past weekend, and I figured that you guys might like to have it, um, especially since we're kind of gonna do a, a, a homily series um, about being called and chosen over the next few weeks. You know, friends, uh, I, I'm struck by this fact that uh, often in life we're faced with the idea of having to choose between hearing good or bad news, right? If someone says, I've got some good news and some bad news, uh, which do you typically choose? Well, uh, today I'm going to uh, begin with the bad news. I'm going to begin with the bad news when we look around the world, we see many challenging and depressing signs um, uh, that things are broken, right? Um, that many things are broken. Something is fundamentally wrong with the world, in fact, we might say. Uh, among our young people in the United States, nearly one in three experience uh, some sort of mental health challenge. Rates of suicide um, amongst young people, for example, are or up um, rates of other uh, more minor mental illnesses are are up and uh, all sorts of things like that are happening on a broader cultural scale also um, we see the polarization of the society in which we live um, and uh, I don't have to say much about that for you to understand what I'm saying right like there's just this rampant polarization um, that affects all of our lives um, moreover um, we see that within the church, even like, lamentably within the body of Christ, there's a lot of division and uh, we have to deal with that. We also find in ourselves, within our hearts, uh, something wrong. We often fail to love as we know that we ought. We often are trapped in our own, uh, what um, von Balthazar calls ego drama, the I drama, where I'm the star of my own show. Now, um, I think one of the temptations that we can have based on all of that bad news is to kind of think that we're uh, the first generation to experience such things. Um, and I think that we ought to avoid that temptation. We ought to avoid the temptation uh, of historical conceit to think that we're the first generation to experience uh, such horrific things. In fact, St. Augustine once said that uh, every generation thinks that it's the worst time to live uh, generally speaking, now he may not be true on, on in, uh, that may not be true in every sense, but it certainly um, gives us pause to think about what we're saying with that. Certainly, our time is difficult, and uh, it's different than any other time that's come before. And we can admit that at the same time, <clears throat> um, certain vices and challenges seem to be more or less prevalent than in other times. But on the whole, we have, I think much more in common with those who have lived throughout history than perhaps we like to admit. Now, this is notably true uh, in the reading that we heard in the first reading this past Sunday in the life of Samuel. Just before the reading we have for that day, uh, we hear in the book of Samuel of the wickedness of the sons of Eli. Eli, you remember, is Samuel's kind of mentor, his foster father in a certain sense, Hannah gives Samuel over to uh, the Lord um, as a gift, and Eli 
raises him from the time he's very young, uh, maybe four or five years old. Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord, yes, but the sons of Eli, uh, the man to whom he had been entrusted, were were horrific. In fact, it says in the book of Samuel that they were abusing women entrusted uh, to their care who ministered at the temple of the Lord. Now, young Samuel may have seen Eli reprimand his sons, but with no effect and without teeth. Eli, good as he was, failed. He failed in his duty towards his sons to reprimand them quickly, and he failed to remove them from service for their transgressions. He failed to protect the flock entrusted to his care. And this certainly had repercussions in Eli's life, uh, as we find out later in the book of Samuel. But it also, I mean, we can imagine that it probably affected Samuel's own life. It was probably a brokenness there um, that uh, maybe we don't understand completely, but uh, that is, is present in the life of young Samuel. He was not immune from such influence. In fact, the message that God gives him after he says, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening cannot be easy for him to hear, for it is it prophesies the destruction of the house of Eli on account of its wickedness. Now, friends, let's turn to some good news, right? So with all of that in mind, with the fact that we're not uh, immune from, from uh, evil and, and uh, <clears throat> that we shouldn't think that we're the only uh, time period in history where evil has come, we need to turn to the good news. First regarding Samuel and then for us. For in a certain way, they're the same type of good news. See, into this mess, God comes and he calls Samuel. He calls him to be a great prophet. He calls him to holiness and he has set him apart for a great service. And despite Samuel's brokenness, right? Or maybe even perhaps because of Samuel's brokenness, um, God calls him. Samuel is not so fundamentally broken as to be unable to say, Here I am, Lord. And with a little help to say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. In every human person, no matter how broken we are, no matter what our past uh, has in it, no matter what our, uh, our, the examples that we look up to um, showed us or, or failed to show us, we have the ability to respond to God's call to follow him, to say, here I am, Lord, like Samuel, or to say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. It's what theologians call and obediential potency. We are capox dei, capable of God, only by his grace, of course, but nonetheless really capable. It is only in actualizing this capacity, only in making this capacity real, in actually using it, that the restlessness of our hearts will be brought to rest. See, the same is true uh, that was true of Samuel is also true of the apostles, whose call we get to hear of in today's gospel. These men Jesus called were a motley crew. They were really a mess. Yet he chose them to offer to the world the good news. But before that, he invited them, first of all, to be with him. Notice he says to them, come and see, you will come and you will see. He desires them first to be in his presence like the young Samuel who ministered in the temple of the Lord, who, ab who abode in the, who made his abode in the temple of the Lord. Uh, Jesus calls his disciples, and that includes us, to be with him first. Before he asks us to do anything, he asks us to be with him. Next week, we're going to talk about the call to mission and how we're called by name 
to some specific vocation, some way of holiness. But the first thing we have to recognize before that mission is that all of us are called to be with him. This, friends, is the good news. God continues to call and to choose in the midst of our broken world, in the midst of our own brokenness. God still calls us. He calls us in our brokenness first to be with him. Whether you, when you were baptized, this call to holiness, for holiness is best defined as being with God, was given to you in a profound way. Yes, friends, we live in a broken world and we ourselves are broken. But we are also chosen and called. God gave his son to show that he loves us and to make it possible for our restless hearts to respond. So will you do that? Here's my challenge for you this week. Take five minutes each day and be silent and acknowledge your brokenness before the Lord and respond to his invitation saying as the young Samuel did, speak Lord for your servant is listening. Guys, I'm praying for you, and uh, I can't wait to see you next week as we celebrate Call by Name Sunday in the Diocese of Austin. Um, you know, one thing that I'd ask is that you just pray f- also for all those who are discerning a call to religious life or to priesthood, especially from our parish. Um, God knows that we need more priests and we need more religious. Um, so God bless you, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>